Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. (laughs) Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love. Hey, Linda and Drew Scott here. Welcome to At Home. Finally, a show where I don't have to wear a tie, a tool belt, or even pants. For all you know, we could be recording this from the toilet. For the past decade on Property Brothers, hundreds of families have invited us on their journey to create their dream homes. And with every family we met, we learned a little more about what really makes a house a home. Now we want to invite you to come along on our journey. To live in a tree house. RV. A farm. Whatever it is, we have a lot to learn. That's where we bring in our lovely guests. They'll share their experiences on everything from building healthy relationships to growing baby carrots. I've always wondered about those. And speaking of babies, we want to be sure that we're playing our part in making the planet better for our future kids. We know that the changes we all want to see in the world start at home. I've always wanted to live in a treehouse. Doesn't everyone? This is At at home. Home. Hey guys, welcome to season two of At Home. Welcome, it's a new year. It's a new year. Oh man, we've learned so much over this past year from so many amazing conversations with guests. Mm -hmm. And I I can't believe it's been a year. No, it has actually flown by. It's like, you know, the, um, on your phone, when your photo albums tell you like this happened a year ago, or like this was December, 2018, like, no, it's not your life. Yeah. And it's actually, it's popping up all of the, those first few interviews we did with Joy Cho, uh, Chris Hardwick, Ashlyn and Philippe Cousteau, they keep popping up. Justin. Oh my gosh. The, the good old days. Oh man. But season two is here and, you know, we've learned so much from this past year and it's actually helped us hone in because with all these conversations we've had, we've really seen that there's one reoccurring topic that we really want season two to be all about. That I'm always hungry. That's the secondary. That's sort of, that's like the <laughs> subplot. It's relationships. And it's sort of three levels of relationships that we want to talk about and continue our journey to learn more. First off, the relationship with ourselves and then with our community and then with our planet. Yeah, I think it it all comes down to relationships and it all starts at home. It really does. Mm. And I think it's a great way to kick off the year on a positive note. Oh my gosh. With an inspiring person who we met years ago in Nashville. We met in Nashville. So today we're interviewing, we're starting off the year with Brandon Harvey founder of Good, Good, Good and Good Newspaper. Um, we met him in Nashville. I I try to remember how I came across Good, 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 but 
I think you were online stalking for good news because you were were tired of negativity. Remember like years ago we talked about, okay, there needs to be a show just about good news. And we were told by so many people like, no, that's too earnest. Like no one's going to want to watch that, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, now we know that people crave good news. So I was looking for companies that do good or like good news companies. And if you don't know Brandon Harvey or haven't heard of Good Newspaper and his podcast sounds good, you have to check it out. Your day will be brighter because of it. Yeah, back in 2017, Brandon actually took to the Kickstarter community to fund Good Newspaper. And within 52 hours, it was fully backed. I'm actually on the Kickstarter page right now. And it's fun to scroll back and see all the old updates from the beginning of the story of Good Newspaper. And then there's actually a funny photo of Brandon freaking out when he found out that they had reached their fundraising goal. Fast forward to three or four years later, and there's still so much to celebrate because as he wrote in that original post on Kickstarter, their goal from the very beginning was to get the Good Newspaper into as many hands as possible, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what they're doing. And will continue to do and they inspire others and inform others on how to look for the helpers and to become part of the good news. This is Brandon Harvey. We're super excited to have you on today, Brandon. We've, um, we followed along uh, on your journey for a long time and we just respect so much everything that you do. So can you tell our listeners who you are uh, and what Good Newspaper is all about? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I have been an admirer of both of you for a long time and I appreciate the support and encouragement. Um, my background is in the world of humanitarian photography and I've gotten the incredible privilege to get to spend years uh, looking for the good in the world. And so I founded Good, 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 which is uh, a company that celebrates good uh, and reminds us of the ways that we can get involved and become a part of the good. And the good newspaper is the primary way that we do this, which is a real-life print newspaper filled with good news, filled to the brim. And it just makes you feel hopeful and happy uh, to get to read it and to dive into those stories. And And ultimately, the goal isn't just that you leave the issue feeling better about the world, but that you'd feel inspired to become a part of that change. And I love that. That's that's the big thing. I think there are so many great people in this world, but they, you know, a lot of people feel they don't know what they can do to make a difference. And this is that extra little sort of kick in the butt to say, there's lots that you can do. Even just smiling at it, somebody as you walk by is a great way to spread good mm-hmm. in this world. That, that is the best thing is, you know, I have to admit, you know, 2020 was obviously a very difficult year for everyone. And, yeah, whenever I feel overwhelmed, I go to good, good, good to see like, okay, yes, it's okay to be overwhelmed, but now what can I do? I am so honored that you're saying that because that's exactly our goal. Our goal is that when you see bad news in the world, the first thing that you do is not feel sad, feel overwhelmed. The first thing you should do is look for the helpers. There's this quote that we're completely guided by with everything at Good, Good, Good. Uh, it's I'm sure you've heard it before. It's Mr. Rogers saying, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And in 2020, it is not easy. Well, 
in some ways, it's very easy to find the helpers in 2020 because there's so many people making a difference. But in other ways, there's so many bad things happening that it can feel really overwhelming and hard to find those helpers. And so that's where our team comes in and we, we try to show up and help in that way exactly. And so I'm so glad that, that you have found that to be a good resource. And to your other point of this being of, of trying to be transparent about you know when we don't know things i i'm thinking about today is the us as we're recording the us uh is getting vaccines out to people for the first day and we haven't done very much coverage of all of the vaccines up until now because it was hard for us to know you know what stuff is the pr spin what stuff mm-hmm. is real good news and so now that we know that it's good news now that we feel really confident that we can celebrate it now we're we're high highlighting it and sharing it. And along the way, we've tried to be transparent about saying like, this looks like good news, but you know, we want to make sure that it passes all the trials and yeah. all this yeah. stuff. And, and we try to do that with everything. And actually, can you go through, I mean, I know it's very like nitty gritty, like what are the steps that your team uh, takes to ensure that you are not just putting out good news, you know, just on the surface? Like how do you vet good news? Yeah, great question. I think first I'll say that one thing that we do that's a little different than other maybe positive outlets online is we focus on what we call real good news, not feel good news. So there's a lot of feel good news in the world that you know you can kind of think of as the rainbows and puppies and kittens. Mm-hmm. It's the positive stuff, but it doesn't necessarily have a lot of substance to it. And we think that's great. Like I could spend all day watching those videos on YouTube, but we intentionally (laughs) want to focus... (laughs) Yeah, honestly. uh, We want to focus on talking about solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. So we always start with what's the problem that we see in the world? What makes me feel overwhelmed? What makes you feel overwhelmed? Uh, So if it's a tragedy or something, some sort of injustice in the world, we start there. And then we go along to what Mr. Rogers said, we look for the helpers. And we actually make sure to vet whatever those helpers are doing to create a solution. Is this somebody who has expertise in the subject matter? Is this coming from a nonprofit that we can trust? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do their financials look like? There's all these things that we can kind of look into along those lines. Um, and then when we share, we always share with resources so that you can look into it further if you want to. Mm-hmm. If we're finding information from another publisher, we're going to talk about that publisher so people can dive in deeper. We'll give people the context to look a little bit further if they want to go down that trail. And then lastly, most importantly, when we get things wrong, which we do sometimes, we always try to not only own up to it, but own up to it publicly mm-hmm. in a way that people who saw the story and people who didn't see the story can see the correction because right. we think that that's just important journalism practices. Uh, And our goal ultimately is that we're a place that people can trust when they're looking for a sense of hopefulness. And I think that's really great. Um, You know, not just regurgitating what you see out there, like how many times you see in the media, all of a sudden something is splashed all over so many different outlets, but it's because one person posted and then they all just jumped on it and posted about it to make sure that they're not missing out on it. We've done it too. And it's so easy (laughs) in this, you know, in this world to jump on something and want to share it with the best intention. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is during um, the Black Lives Matter protests, the black square that, you know, was circulating. And um, I posted it thinking that it was in support of, of a movement. And then, you know, a lot of really kind people 
taught me like this is actually counterproductive and then you go back and you apologize and then you do more research yeah. and then you do the best you yeah. can from there. Yeah, when you when you know better you can do better. And that's our big goal is that we're all in the process of learning. We all know things that somebody else doesn't know and somebody else knows things that we don't know. And so when we have the opportunity to be corrected, mm -hmm. then we have the opportunity to to make a change and make a pivot and yeah, 2020 has been a year for learning in public. I know that I had that exact same experience with the Black Square and I'm still definitely on my racial justice education journey. Uh, and as long as we're all continuing to keep an open mind and continue to learn, I think that's what matters. Mm -hmm. We are always wanting to learn. And I think the more anybody opens himself up to learning... Um, the better this world's going to be, mm -hmm. and, and the better steps we're going to take to having a more positive uh, environment for all of us. Um, so let's step way back, though. Can we go back before you were a photographer out there looking for good? How were you raised that turned you into such a positive and driven, optimistic person? I mean, I, first of all, I've got to just give major credit to my parents. I love my parents. I think they're amazing. Uh, I grew up in this small little town in eastern Washington, and they raised my siblings and me to be... Um, kind, thoughtful people. All of my siblings are way more kind and cool and thoughtful. Like my little brother is a volunteer firefighter. Wow. My sister, like well, I've got I've got sisters who are both doing good. Like they're all doing things that are way cooler than me. Um, and I, I and maybe the other piece of credit probably does belong to Mr. Rogers, who I also grew up on. But I think about like growing up and 9-11 happened when I was in elementary school or middle school uh, and it was it was this moment that just it, you know it was the first time that I was awakened to you know heartbreak on a massive scale and the first thing that my mom kind of coached me through is she said like how do you feel about this and I said I feel sad and she said okay and what do you want to do about it and I was like I want to help the people who were affected by this. And she's like, okay, well, do you have any ideas on how to do this? And I said, maybe I could start a lemonade stand. <laughs> and it's this like sweet little innocent thing where, you know, I, I, I did go on to like make this lemonade stand happen where we raise funds for Red Cross. And I have no idea how much money we raised, but I would guess it, it was an insignificant amount. But that immediate response that I was kind of coached into of seeing, okay, there was a piece of heartbreak or pain or injustice in the world. And instead of just feeling overwhelmed by it, I was coached into being a part of the solution. I think that was a game changer for me and, and kind of led to more opportunities where I just wanted to say yes to uh, being a part of the solution instead of just wallowing in the problem. That reminds me of um, the Book of Joy. And I know we were having a conversation about oh that Oh my book. gosh. And it's one of my favorite books of all time. It's so good. Yeah, there's just so many valuable lessons. And that just reminds me of, you know, when you're going through your own pain, a way to work through that is to, you know, channel that energy to help other people. Um, and that's exactly what you, I mean, you're saying the funds raised were insignificant, but we're all, you know, the world is enjoying the, the lemonade you made that day. <laughs> well, but Still. think about that too. Like it, you don't have to be big corporations. I mean, it's really amazing when you have big corporations that, that give so much money and time and resources to, to help any, uh, any cause out there. But 
imagine if every little kid and like you out there had that thought, what can I do? And all those little things add up to a massive thing and make a huge difference. It reminds me a little bit too of, of something I'm just reminded of it that you know we tell our community when you see a problem in the world and and we share an opportunity for you to donate to an organization, you don't have to donate a hundred bucks. You don't have to mm-hmm. donate a thousand bucks. If you donate five dollars and then somebody else from the community donates five dollars and somebody else from the community donates ten dollars, like that adds up to make a huge difference. And if we all just take those little steps. I think that's really meaningful. Oh, hugely. And, and that's one thing that we've always tried to stress too, that it doesn't even have to be money. Like, there's so many things you can Truly. do. People can give their time. You can volunteer or people can spread the word through social media, sharing with their friends and their and their influ- influential ring. Mm-hmm. And also donating products or in kind is yeah. another way. So there's so many things that people can do if they don't have the cash to, yeah. to donate. Yeah, that's the thing we always try to drive home at home uh, is that, you know, big change really does start at home and with ourselves. And then it emanates throughout the, you know, immediate community and then eventually the entire world. So with your siblings, so you have two sisters and a brother, right? Yep. Yeah. And so I don't know how, how far an age range I'm there the, is. I'm the oldest. Oh, setting the example. Uh, so <laughs> I have my best. So what was, was your sibling dynamic the same in that you guys pushed each other to try and one up or did you, did you sort of combine forces to work together for good? You mentioned me like leading by example. And I would say it was the opposite where it's just like, I went off to college and, and maybe I'd had a few of these, you know, positive compassionate moments, but the first thing that I did in college was I accidentally became an Instagram influencer. And I didn't necessarily have this like high-minded ideology on how I was going to make a difference. I just cared a lot about photography. And you know, every once in a while, I tried to use my photography for good. But uh, I, I was really passionate about photography. And then I went on and became a Snapchat influencer on accident, which was a very weird part <laughs> of my career. Um, and all this time, my younger siblings are just finding ways to make a difference in super amazing and meaningful ways. Volunteering, like just caring for people, just being empathetic, thoughtful human beings. And all this time, I'm just watching them like admiring them and wondering how I can mm. you know, look as good as them in front of my parents. If you have a gift or a talent or something you're passionate about or, or, or even just a career, you have a unique opportunity to make a difference. And, and there's a lot of ways that all of us can make a difference, but there's a few ways that only you mm. or only me can make a difference. Mm. And figuring out what that thing is for me, when I was an early photographer, it was, okay, well, maybe I can donate a photo shoot to this single mom who maybe doesn't have the budget to pay for new photos for Christmas cards this year. Or mm. maybe I can volunteer with this nonprofit who needs new photos for their website. Now, that's something that I can do, but my friend who's an architect can't, or my friend who's a nurse can't. Mm. And I, I think that that was a really, really helpful kind of early on catalyst as well. I always thought about that when, when I was younger and you know I, I, I didn't have any money and my brother and I were really sort of these driven individuals, both brothers and, and me, and we're trying to think of ways that we can go after our passions and our goals. But I always thought like if there was a system of almost like barter and trade of skills yeah. instead of uh, money, yeah. that, that would be so interesting because I'm like, I'm good at karate and basketball <laughs> and I'm sure there's something I can do with yeah. co- coaching or something like that to tra- in trade for whatever is I there, need. Is there not a platform like that yet? There must be. 
All right, I'm launching this. I hope a listener tells us because I want to know too. Yeah, Yeah. like I'll I'll trade you like a photo shoot for like cookies. I'll I'm, take that every single day. I'll, I'll go bankrupt, but at least I'll be happy. Oh my gosh, that would taste so good. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. So on top of your your parents, who who are other influential people in your life inspiring you? Yeah, so uh, early on when I was in high school and I was I was learning how to become a photographer, I did have this older mentor, her name's Karen and she I think she and I met on MySpace or something. She like lived in my town. Wait, so how sketchy. old are you? I I You're so young. I, I, I'm 28. I had to think about that for a second. Uh-huh. I was going to say I thought MySpace was more my generation than your generation, but I, I mean, I was coding in middle school. So, I mean, just the basic uh. HTML code, got to make that profile look good. But, <laughs> but yeah, Karin was that early person who kind of reminded me to make sure that I was making a difference with my photography as she was kind of coaching me through how to be a professional photographer. And then up a few years ahead of me was a photographer named Jeremy Cowart, who is incredible. You guys would love who we him. Shot, we is, shot with him in Nashville. Oh my goodness. Yeah, of course. That's amazing. He's I mean, so, so he, incredible. He's been an inspiration for me for years. Just the way that uh, he has always used his platform for good. Now he's starting a a hotel that does good, which is so so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, those are two people that really stand out to me. But I mean, I think all along the journey, I've I've always been inspired by people who have have used their thing. To, to make a difference in a way that's unique to them. And for Jeremy, it was photography. And you know, for other people, it's writing or, or, or leadership for a nonprofit or whatever else mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were two people that were definitely a huge catalysts for me early on. So I wanted to ask you, you're a self-proclaimed optimist. Can you tell us about a time when your optimism was really challenged and what steps you took to to reclaim your optimism? My optimism was mostly because I was burying my head in the sand and Mm. pretending that bad things weren't happening. And you can only bury your head in the sand for so long before you have to come up for air. And I came up for air in about 2015. Uh, (laughs) And I looked around and I uh, I saw systemic injustice against people of color in this country. I saw this global refugee crisis of, of people fleeing war and conflict and not having a place to go. I saw the most divisive presidential election of my lifetime. Um, and, and I saw mass shootings all over the United States and especially in schools across the United States. And it was this moment that just shook me where I, I I could not pretend that bad things were not happening anymore. Growing up in the small little town that I grew up in and living a fairly privileged life as a photographer turned social media influencer, like it was fully possible with that 
privilege to just pretend that bad things didn't happen because to be honest, they didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. And all of those things were happening. And then I also had family members who were struggling with their mental health and their physical health all on top of that. And it, and it turned me to this point of, of kind of brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's actually where good, good, good was birthed to some degree too, because I still was looking around and seeing people like Jeremy Cower and all of these other leaders that I admired where I thought, how are they maintaining a sense of hopefulness despite all of this? Because I know that they're paying attention. I know that they're seeing what's happening. Their head, their heads are not buried in the sand. Mm-hmm. And the the realization was what I what I came to recognize was that they were able to maintain a sense of hopefulness because they were actively working to be a part of the solution. Mm. And when they when they saw a problem, they chose to do something about it. When they knew better, they did better. Mm-hmm. And I started actively trying to practice mm. that. And that's what brought me out of that. And it still happens all the time. It's happened a half dozen times this year. And I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be the good news optimism guy in 2020. But... I always am trying to do that gut check of okay, why do I feel overwhelmed? Because it's 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 okay to feel heartbroken by what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. like that's a normal thing. But if I'm stuck there, it's probably because I, I'm not feeling it enough, and I'm not allowing that feeling to inspire me to get involved and take action. Well, I think that you know, reacting and having those feelings about things that are happening in the world that is showing that you're human. Yeah, because I think that it's just so natural like you said, to see a piece of bad news, for it to break our hearts and to sit there for a minute. Like, I think that that's good. I, I don't think we would ever encourage somebody to just skip that that sad emotion. Mm-hmm. But when you're staying there and that's disallowing you to take action, to be a part of the solution, then, the, then it's kind of a use, it's like a, a wasted emotion because you're not... If, if there's an injustice happening all the way across the world and it's not actually hurting you immediately, but it it stops you from being able to be a part of helping those people, then like what a what a waste. It, maybe that yeah. sounds bad to say, but and and I think what we want to do at Good 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 is to help catch you in that emotion. You know, when you're scrolling through the news and and you see that bad news, hopefully we can be on the next scroll on your Instagram with a piece of good news and pull you out of that, help you feel buoyed to the surface. And then from there, that's when we can make a difference. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you've mentioned that as well. You know, scientifically, it has been proven that cynicism has you know, huge impacts, negative impacts on your health and optimism is is the opposite and, and can help with mm-hmm. with us as we age. Well, that's what you say too. It's when people smile more, there is a chemical reaction and yeah. it actually gives you that positive um, feeling of energy. It's the same with that, that sort of energy that you dwell in, whether it be good or bad. Um, so this is a new year. You are kicking off season two of our podcast with us. And so for 2021, What's what's some steps that you think from what you've seen and learned from 2020? What are some steps that you're looking forward to taking for 2021? First of all, I'm just so excited for it to be a new year. I know that nothing magical happens at the stroke of midnight, but I do on, on New Year's Eve. But um, I do feel like we've all collectively written off 2020, and I think <laughs> that when we're when we're in a headspace of 2021 being a different year, we can feel a deeper 
sense of making this year better because a new a better year doesn't just happen we have to be a part of that mm-hmm. and so i think that we get to take the lessons we learned from 2020 which is that we are all connected uh we have to pay attention and care for the people that are often forgotten about mm-hmm. and uh we all have the opportunity to make a difference and bring those into the year and so i think there's going to be a lot of ways that we're presented with that some new some old um the issue of racial injustice is is not a new problem in this year. We may have been reawakened to it in 2020, but I hope that we head into 2021, you know, knowing better, doing better, and making a difference in that regard. And the same goes as we kind of say farewell to COVID. We're not, you know, we're not done with it yet. And we all have a part to play in making sure that it goes away. But 2021 will be the year where uh, we get to conquer that pretty significantly, if not entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if we work really hard, not just to eradicate it in the US, but in small countries around the world. And Mm then... um, Or poorer countries around the world, really, uh, are the ones who are going to struggle to get access to the vaccine. Um, And then lastly, I think that you never know what is going to happen. Um, Mr. Rogers' mom didn't say like... If there happens to be one piece of bad news, it's like, no, when there's bad news, when we see heartbreak in the world, it's inevitable. Uh, we have the opportunity to do something. And, and ultimately, we should be reminded that like, there are helpers out there and we can be a part of them. And mm-hmm. so I just hope that 2020 was practice for mm-hmm. all of this. And we go into the year, not just hoping that the year is better, but knowing that we can make sure that it's better if we all play a part. Amen to that. (laughs) We want to uh, do some rapid fire questions with you. Uh, Go through some questions uh, before we we let you go. Are you ready? Speed round. Uh, I'm ready. I'm nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) All right. What's one thing you remember clearly about your childhood home? We had a slide off the back (gasps) deck. My mom built it. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Any uh, any injuries? <laughs> no injuries uh, that that I can remember. So it was a happy childhood. Then. <laughs> what book you're reading right now? Oh my goodness, I'm reading so many books right now. Uh, it's loading. Brandon, this is speed round. <laughs> I know this is so bad. I'm reading. I'm reading Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X Kendi. It's it's been great. Oh, cool. Stamped from the beginning. Nice. All right. Favorite donut flavor. Oh, one. It's called Voodoo Doll. It's it's a Portland classic. It's a Voodoo Donuts in Portland. It's a cliche, but it's genuinely good. Wait, no. I know it's speed round, but I'm taking it back. <laughs> Pips Original Donuts in Portland, Oregon. Is, they make these mini donuts and mm. they've got this like special edition, like spicy mango flavor. Oh. I just had it the other day. It's incredible. I, that's the one. Oh my oh, gosh. I've nice. never had a spicy mango donut. Mm. We're going to have to try that. Uh, you're okay. in for a treat. Is there a game? Is there a game that you're confident that you could crush us at? This is so that we know not to play this whenever we can go back to game nights. I think I could probably beat you at spades. I, my grandpa taught me, I play with my dad and my siblings. I feel like I'm pretty good. Uh, you would definitely beat me because yeah. I don't even know what that is. She doesn't like Perfect. any card games. I'm, I'm good at most card games, so I don't know, you know. All right, well, I'd like to compete. <laughs> all right, quirk that you love about yourself. I cannot sit still at all. 
I'm sure if you watch the video, you'll see me like wiggling and <laughs> I've come to just embrace it. I have a standing desk. I've got like little wiggle boards at my desk. <laughs> I just like keep it moving all day long. And that's also something that drives your wife crazy. So sit yes. down for two seconds. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, uh, what's one new thing you'd love to try? I think I think 2021 is going to be the year for me learning how to do some baking. I've basically Ooh. done no baking outside of cookies and I want to try something like complicated. Donuts. Mm. Donuts is a great one. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, you know, Harvey Donuts will be the next <laughs> there thing. You go. No, good <laughs> donuts. I, I'm sold. I'm on Do board. Do good donuts. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are you nerding out over? Okay. I'm, I, this is another book that I'm reading, but I'm nerding out over the history of uh, U.S. territories. Um, there's this book that I'm reading called How to Hide an Empire. And it's about all of the entities of the United States that were not states at one point and how they became a state. And I am just learning so much about the injustices mm. that like that that people face, but also kind of the hopefulness of 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 some of the process. And um, I, I guess to really sum it up, I'm I'm nerding out about history uh, because I think that we have a lot to learn from it. Oh my gosh, and that. and we're Canadian, so we have a lot more to learn about it. Yeah. Uh, so oh. you know, we yeah, we're I'm, reading up on U.S. history for me is so fascinating because it's so much deeper. And it goes so much further back than our history in Canada. So, That's uh, so yeah. interesting. Send us anything you learn or any of the, um, send me the send name us again. Your book yeah, report. Your book report. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? First thing I do when I wake up, um, I just got a, uh, a a knockoff Peloton. And so I've been uh, doing a, a morning bike ride indoors every morning. Oh, nice. Uh, not every morning. That's an over-exaggeration. A lot of mornings. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell the truth on this show. Uh, what is the oldest thing in your home? Wow. I know you just moved in recently, so. Yeah, and this home is like 100 years old. Oh, no cool. joke, right before we got on... Actually, I should ask for advice on this. Right before we got on the call, I, I accidentally was resting my foot up against the wall, leaning back in my chair, popped a hole right <gasps> in the wall. Oh my uh, gosh. What? Well, so maybe the home itself is the oldest thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say that's probably a drywall area then because old, old houses will have lath and plaster and you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't put your foot through the lath. So, All right, so well, there we hopefully go. Hopefully an easy fix. Uh, but but, okay, but what hear. did you bring? Something of yours that's in the house. What's the oldest thing? Oh, a listener just gifted me this vintage stamp that was literally used <gasps> on an old newspaper printing press. So I don't know if stamp's the right word that says good news on it. Wait, it's what? incredible. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I have no way of knowing how old it is, but it feels ancient. And it's got this like, curvy, cheesy, curvy, cheesy writing. Oh, um, cool. And it says good news. It's the sweetest gift that a, a, a reader just sent in the mail to our, our office address. Can you send a picture of that to us? I will, yes. That's so cool. That's very cool. Okay, last one. What's a pinch me moment that you've had? <laughs> I think it was... It was so earlier this year in the beginning of the pandemic, I had the fortunate opportunity to do an Instagram live with Miley Cyrus. And, oh, nice. and the pinch me moment, well, first of all, was just doing this Instagram live with Miley Cyrus. I thought that it was so like wild because uh, I'm a big Miley Cyrus fan. Same. But the, the pinch me moment was that at the end, uh, apparently I felt so natural with her that 
uh, when I said goodbye, I said, all right, talk to you later. As if I'm like going to talk with Miley Cyrus later. <laughs> My wife told me, I was like, I really said that. So it was just that I felt like I was friends with Miley Cyrus. That was my pinch me moment. Uh, That's yeah, amazing. I and, would pinch myself too. And she's also someone who loves to spread good news. So <laughs> oh, I think she is. That yeah. whole, I admire that her whole good series work. series she was doing yeah. during you know the beginning of the pandemic. Was That's just, the kind of talk show that I love. Oh yeah. my gosh. I want her to have a talk show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, the one, the one thing we sometimes do on work calls I always end a phone call with like, hey, bye, I love you. <laughs> we always accidentally tell like our, our colleagues, hey, bye, yeah. I love you. We'll be, we'll be on a work call <laughs> like a or I'll be doing an interview with somebody. Okay, bye, I love you. I mean, <laughs> goodbye. Thank you, yes. I still think about the client where I, I finished the call with, all right, I love this. This sounds great. I'll talk to you later. And she goes, I love you too. And I go, <laughs> oh no, I can't tell her. <laughs> I can't tell her that I said, I love that, not you. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Uh. Well, thank you for joining us. We love you. Yes. So we're loud and proud I will to tell you. truthfully say it. <laughs> but- I, I'm, I'm, this is my pinch me moment as well. I've had a lot of pinch me <laughs> moments this year. This is one of them. It's so good to get to be talking with you both. And I just appreciate all the good that you do and all the support because it, uh, it, it just... It means a lot. And this is such a fun show. I'm just so excited to be a part of it. Well, we're excited for your relaunch of Sounds Good as well. And we're going to be following along and sharing that. Yeah, everybody should check out Sounds Good. Uh, And thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you in person for Donuts someday soon. And we will talk to you later. And we do love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'll talk to you later. I love you. Can't wait to eat spicy mango donuts in Portland. Harvey donuts. Harvey spicy (laughs) Harvey Harvey donuts. But seriously, this Jane Goodall centerfold is Isn't just it so amazing. Pretty? I love it. The most adorable thing ever. Brandon Harvey is always so much fun to talk to, and I just have that positive energy when I'm done talking to him. Yeah, it makes me want to get up off my butt and do something. And do something. Make some real rooted change. Get up off your butt. And I think it's that's the big thing too is on your own, it's hard, but when you have multiple people like Brandon and like a lot of other people we know, a lot of people we've had on our podcast, mm-hmm. it makes it easier and easier because you have people who have your back. Yeah, when you have the support of a community, um, you can do anything. You really can. Yeah. So this podcast, season two, I know we mentioned to you guys that it's all about relationships with you know ourselves and with our community and with our planet but I think a big thing for us too is making sure this year as we get into our resolutions, our 2021 resolutions, it's not just going to be like, I want to go to the gym and rip up and get 10 abs. But that's part of mine. That is part of mine too. I want to have nine abs, just just nine, not 10. I, I want to have nine slices of cake mm. on my abs and then I'm just yes. going to eat off of that. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. But um, for us, we want to have our resolutions that are a bit more rooted in action that we want to take that's inspiring change, positive change. And so one thing I was thinking is, you know, we've talked about maybe doing some solid research to find someone where we can get more involved when it comes to policy and changing policy that could be better for the environment or Mm -hmm. better for equality. Yeah, and I do want to learn more about that as well. I think we both you know, have a lot of passion in this area. And I think we there's lots to learn mm-hmm. um, to help us make actual change. When we look at people, we know like Howard Stevenson from The Lion's Story, 
Um, he is such a great resource when it comes to looking at ways that we can um, talk about change mm-hmm. and equality for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, his organization has done so much in uh, sharing racial literacy and just educating people on, you know, ways mm-hmm. to feel better and, and be more educated and therefore act better mm-hmm. out in the world. But now, what I want to know on the environmental side of things. How can we implement change so there's no longer this controversy or this discussion of is it good to go renewable? Like, should we just not go renewable when we're when we're renovating our house or building our house? Because people talk about it, but there's policy that talks against it still, which shouldn't be the case. If it, if it was just said that every new house or every new renovation has to have this level of renewable energy, it has to have this level of healthy home uh, qualities then that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot to learn. All, All right. right, implement it now. Implementing now? <laughs> so those, those are some of my uh, resolutions. So for me, I'm trying to organize it the way we'll try to structure season two of At Home where I'm focusing on relationship with myself um, and then relationships with my community, which involves you and me, family and our immediate like neighborhood community and then our online community, you guys. Um, And then going further and exploring my relationship with the planet. Um, So with the first one, I think I want to, no, I definitely know I want to spend more time for myself and with myself. Um, Sorry, Droobs. (laughs) No, I think it's uh, just so important and, you agree. Like we always talk about, like we need alone time as mm-hmm. much as we do need together time. Like I think we, it's hard for us because we love spending so much time together. But I think when we spend time on our own, we're able to just be with our thoughts and like be clear of our intentions, like our individual intentions. Mm-hmm. And then we take that to the table that we share with other people. And so for community and for planet, what do you got? I just want to find more ways to act and serve uh, and not, and and channel my feelings of um, overwhelm and Mm -hmm. uh, sadness into good. That's all. That's all. That's pretty easy. And we'll wrap that up in 10 minutes and we're good to go. (laughs) Thank you so much to everyone for joining us. This has been a great first episode for season two. Please check out Good Newspaper and Sounds Good, the podcast. The links are in the show notes. And if you enjoy this podcast, we always appreciate you taking the time to rate, comment, and even send us a message on social media at at home. And we want to say a huge thank you to all of our team. We have an amazing team. Brandon Angelino. Annalie Bell. Courtney Ioannis, Hannah and Wesley Friend, Chris Cobain, and also Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson for our music Feels Like Home. Yeah, thanks to you, Truby. Thanks to you, Lindy Poop. Oh. Lindy Poop. I'm going to try that. That's my New Year's resolution name for you. You're going to try it? It's either Lindy Poop or Lindy Plop. I like Lindy Plop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep working on that. See you guys. See you guys.